<clears throat> All right, so air conditioning's off. Dog is being quiet for the moment, and we are kind of focused. <laughs> as focused as we ever get on a topic, I suppose. Uh, welcome to another episode of uh, Alon's Geek. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Kill Team, a little skirmish form of Warhammer 40k. Um, which I suppose I should start off by saying I quit, rage quit, uh, Warhammer 40k back in 6th edition. Which was like three and, years ago. Yeah, something like that. Three or four years ago. And uh, have refused to touch anything 40k ever since. <laughs> and it's got me back into it now. <laughs> <laughs> Fell off the wagon. Uh just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Yes. So, uh, I think you can probably sum it up briefly, better than I can. You're more familiar with it. So, at least a little. <laughs> general idea is you build a, I mean, like the thematic ideal is you've built a crack team of elite warriors, you know, <laughs> that execute behind enemy lines missions for the good of the war effort. In reality, six to a 20. dozen <laughs> Goombas with, like, maybe three models that are actually good. <laughs> Depending on the faction. Or, you know, if you're running cultists, none of them are good. <laughs> but they're numerous. And that was a really effective first game for the yeah, two of us. Though we did forget about uh, a few well, being shaken, making Meant. them effectively dead. <laughs> I still don't think it would have changed the winner of that game, though. Yeah, not sure. Uh, but, again, the the thematic idea of it is that, you know, you have the action war movies, uh, like Saving Private Ryan, um, or that one storyline from The Longest Day, for anybody who's, you know, seen that old movie. Mm-hmm. Um but it's you've got a handful of guys who have been trusted with a mission. So the 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 idea is that there's a war going on in the area. It's the space A team, and your your little <laughs> A team are going and accomplishing some objective off to the side of where the battle's going on. Um, and then of course the the idea that they want to do is they want you to make it your own thing they want you to make it thematic they want you to make it a story so that you can really get attached to these handful of models yeah and uh, i'm really liking that sort of narrative aspect where they have the name generators and a personality yes. randomizer for them uh especially when the personality like matches up perfectly with the idea you had for the model like I had my little my little Nurgle guy with a grenade launcher that got the um, I can't remember what it, what they call it now, but it's the personality trait where he just he just loves throwing filth into the enemy ranks and everything. He's the dude with the grenade launcher that shoots disease. <laughs> Deathflinger, that's what it is. Yeah, yep, there it is. Nothing gives this traitor more pleasure than raining diseased explosives onto the heads of the foe. <laughs> and I rolled that for the guy that has a grenade launcher that shoots diseased grenades. Makes sense. Uh, I like that there are a fair number of options, too, but not 
so many that it makes the book obscenely big. Uh, I, mean, I don't like that certain things are missing. Like, I would love to have been able to make a crude kill team, because okay. I like me some crude. Uh, and they lend themselves well to the idea of kilting. Yes, which is one of the things that makes me think that we're definitely getting a book sometime in the future of more kill team options. Probably just all that stuff that didn't make it into the core is either the less popular models, the ones that don't sell as well, or things that mechanically are a little more difficult to figure out how they convert from 40k to I imagine because there's one faction that's fairly important to the lore and to the fan base that isn't represented in that book What's and that? that's the Sisters of Battle. Oh yeah. And so I have a feeling that when Sisters get their new codex next year, we're going to see a kill team book that has a bunch of new options which will include Sisters. Would be nice. Uh, possibly even a another uh, two-player boxed set with some sisters and something else. Maybe Slanesh. Possibly another faction. I, it wouldn't surprise me, since that would effectively be adding another faction to Kill Team, and we've already seen with the Rogue Trader box set that they're willing to make up Whole a whole faction. faction that is, you know, ten models. <laughs> uh, which uh, I have mixed feelings about, but overall I kind of like it, because it at least means they're willing to step out of the idea of, we can only make giant factions so that you can build 3,000-point armies and play six-hour games. Which, uh, looking in the 8th uh, rulebook, I, I really liked that they actually changed the battlefield sizes yeah so they recommend like a four by four instead of a six by four for a thousand or fewer points and then also giving the option of power instead of or power levels instead of uh, uh point costs for yeah. everything lets you make a more shorthand army list yeah but yes back to kill team <laughs> yes Let's see uh, I mean, I guess the biggest difference, because, of course, you can you can field roughly the equivalent of a kill team and, with the new rules, a commander as a single, a single patrol detachment in 40k, but the biggest, most noticeable difference, I guess, is that each model acts independently of all the others. Yes. Which I'm sure has made converting some of them difficult. <laughs> <laughs> for the rules and getting their point costs right. Yeah. Uh, because some things are best used when you can mass fire, and so they, you know, maybe a, a shooter unit is worth a lot fewer points in kill team for an individual model because you don't have the massed <laughs> yeah. numbers of dice to throw. I mean, what was it? We were looking at the Chaos Cultists. And you can only, like, you max out at, like, 86 points yep, for 80. 20 of them. Let's see. I actually have numbers here because uh, I like analyzing data. Let's see. They max out at 89, actually. If you take 17 cultists, just generic cultists, whether they have the pistols, or, pistols and uh, melee weapons or rifles, doesn't matter. They're the same point cost. And two 
cultist gunners, each armed with a flamer and a champion. Uh, again, doesn't matter how the champion's configured, he's always five points. Uh, then you wind up at exactly 89. <laughs> Which actually isn't terrible, because then you get an, you get an extra uh, command point. But, uh, of course, not every faction is represented yet. Well, not every faction has one of those nice starter kits that yeah. is one of the best deals I've ever seen them give on something. You get for 50 to $60, depending on the kit, you get a what is a single box of models for that faction, which range from, I think, 30 35 to, to f I think there's one or two of them that are actually 50. Might be, yeah. Um, and then two pieces of terrain, stat cards for a pre-generated kill team, some blank stat cards, the tactics cards, some of which are only available in that box, which is mildly annoying. I'm uh, sure they'll come out with like a mate, a big... Eh, maybe, maybe not. But it's not like that's a huge problem. I mean, that's kind of nice that you get everything you need in one kit Yeah. there. Um, and special rules for mission scenarios. That are kinda cool. thematic for that faction. Yeah, and the terrain pieces that yeah. you got. So you can use everything out of the box. And I think some of the... the I think the factions that don't have boxes uh, don't have them specifically because... Not so much because of how few points they make, because like the orcs got a box, and that box only makes sixty-one points. Yeah, but the uh, let's see, the Grey Knights don't have one. Uh, there's not a Chaos one, Heretic Astartes. Uh, there's not a Death Guard one, nor a Thousand Suns, Craftworld Eldar, or Harlequins, and all of those boxes. The like, one box of models of whatever you can use in there have leftover models. So, I mean, the worst example is the Great Knights. Yeah, because Great Knights is a 10-man box, and you're lucky if you're fielding five of those guys in the kill team. Yeah. Uh, regular Great Knight is 18 points, the Gunners are 19 points, and the Justicar is 19 points. Jeez. So, so yeah, you can... Uh, granted, their most expensive equipment upgrade is three points. And, of course, we just recently got the Commander uh, rules upgrade released, and some of the factions have commanders as well. In fact, all the ones that have a starter set have a commander. <clears throat> and that one, those are all, I think, 35? 35. Or, no, I think some of I think a couple of them maybe 40. Yeah, not maybe. Sure. But they're not more than $40, and... That's a typically $25 model with more tactics cards. More tokens. Um, yeah. And then a specific to that character um, stat tree. Yeah. So. Which apparently blends elements of other stat trees. Because, like, hmm. apparently the Space Marine Librarian one, the, the level one is identical to, like, the Psyker. Mm -hmm. um, the Psyker upgrade, but the level 2 makes his Psybolts more powerful. Oh, huh. cool. Yeah, and then, well, 
there are now four factions that technically kind of have a starter, but it's a two-player set. Yeah. Because Mechanicus doesn't have its own separate starter, nor do the Gene Stealers, but you get both in the, the two-player set. Two-player set. And then the uh, Elucidan... Uh, the friggin' Rogue Traders uh, that are their own faction. <laughs> and then the Gallant Box uh, Infected. Yeah. Those disgusting, <laughs> wonderful models. And they come with a commander in that two-player set. Uh, so yeah, uh, back to Kill Team, and I guess for people that aren't familiar with it, um, we mentioned how the, the models act independently of each other. Uh, what else? Oh, the turn structure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, the uh, the idea of... Because like in, in 40K and... Age of Sigmar, and in most minis games, um, I take my turn, and I activate all of my models, and I go through my movement phase, and I move everything. And then I go through my shooting phase, and I shoot with everything, and then I go through my attack phase, and I fight with everything, and then I make all my morale checks, and then it's your turn, and you do all of that. Yes. Uh, long periods of sitting there watching your opponent give you a kicking. <laughs> and then it's your turn, hopefully. Yes. To kick back with whatever's left. <laughs> Whereas in Kill Team, while you do all of your moving, um, you move all of your models when it's your turn to move, and then your opponent moves all of theirs, and then you take it in turns to get shooting and then fighting out of the way before doing your morale checks at the end of the turn to make sure that nobody's so freaked out by what's going on that they stop doing anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still mad at my dude that just stood there in the middle of the street for a turn and a half. <laughs> Why did that happen again? He got he had a flesh wound and I had like a plus seven to his nerve test, so oh, yeah. he could only pass it on a natural one. <laughs> <laughs> just walked out into the middle of the street and had a little panic attack because all of these Drukari are killing my zombie friends. <laughs> and they they weren't even doing that terribly effectively. <laughs> it's just like, I think that's the one thing I have a problem with with the zombies is they they have no protection against nerve. They, they don't have a high leadership, even though they're supposed to be brainless, so they can get shaken really easily. And they don't do anything, like, 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 like logically, no space marine is going to care about the little sludge zombie getting shot up. He, that's his job. He's there to get shot up. So why would he get freaked out? when the zombies are dead. That, yeah. That's what they were there I, for. I'm not fond of uh, unit psychology in games anyway, um, which I didn't really think about it, because every game I had played had that as an element until uh, War Machine and Hordes went to their Mark III rules, and they just decided, you know what, it's not thematically appropriate for... Your you know epic heroes to like get scared and run away during a battle because that's not what happens in the stories. That they yeah. Write. In the stories, you know even the lowliest rifleman uh, just you know sucks it up and hurls himself into his enemies to die valiantly. He doesn't I mean, I turn can't tail even, and run. I cannot even imagine the idea of Coleman Striker retreating unless it was to draw some enemy into a trap. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I would rather the unit psychology stuff not exist. But this is a okay, I feel like, 
use of it because it only affects a single model at a time. Yeah. Most of the time. <laughs> Unless you just have a whole lot of casualties on your team and then yes. it can slowly affect your whole team. But, um, let's see. Oh, uh, one thing I really liked that I hadn't thought about was how in the, the shooting and fighting phase, how whatever action you took in lieu of movement can make a model get to go in that like first class part of the phase. Yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that because... Charging lets you punch first. You know, you know what? I just I really need this guy to get to shoot. He's going to ready. <laughs> He's not going to move. He's just going to bring his gun up and line up his shot now so he doesn't have to do it later. Yeah, I liked that as a sort of an, an aiming mechanic rather than giving a bonus to hitting. Like in some games where you're allowed to aim with a model that can shoot. Yeah. Because uh, it's kind of functionally the same. To just he gets to shoot first, ish. <laughs> and then speaking of shooting, I also love the way the terrain works in the game, which I'm still a little unclear on because uh, I haven't read the rules that thoroughly. <laughs> One of the things that I've had a problem with in other games of 40k is that the terrain is basically just a set piece a lot of the time, unless you attach a specific rule to this building is dangerous terrain. So unless you apply a specific rule to a piece of terrain and then remember that that rule applies to that piece of terrain, (laughs) the terrain doesn't really do anything except block block line of sight. (laughs) Whereas, so it's like, if I can see you, I can shoot you. If I can't see you, I can't shoot you. Okay. Whereas in Kill Team, if I can see part of you, I can still shoot you, but it's at a penalty. Yeah. And if you're standing close enough to the wall... I can still shoot you, but I take a penalty to trying to knock your model out because the wall takes the majority of the damage. And that it works the same way in melee. Yeah. That if there's a chunk of a building in between two things that are prodding at each other with pointed sticks over it, they have a harder time killing each other. I mean, we had a great example of it in the last game we played where I had a Plague Marine take a pot shot at one of your witches... And by all rights, she should have been dead, but that minus one <laughs> to the injury roll is what saved her. Yep. And so it gave this thematic... Uh, thematic's not the word I'm looking for. There. Cinematic is the word I was looking for. It gives us this cinematic occurrence where like, the Plague Marine brings up his gun and he shoots the bolter at the witch, and the bolt just like tears through the rock creed of the wall and like nails her in the shoulder. So she's just, oh, crap, and ducks back behind cover. Yeah. <laughs> but she's not dead. She just had a bullet grazer after it went through a concrete wall. Yeah. I like the cinematic and uh, narrative qualities of the game and how things gain experience, uh, assuming that you're doing it as a campaign, uh, which feels like one of the best ways to play this game. Especially casually. One of the things I really like about the campaign is... So how the campaign works is that each person has a stat that represents some form of uh, military resource. Oh, yes. The uh, like intelligence, material, morale, uh, and there's one other. territory. That's it, yeah. And so you have these four resources, and every game in a campaign, you will either gain some or lose some, mm-hmm. based on who wins and what the mission says and other stuff. Well, eventually, somebody's going to hit zero. And in a two-player campaign, that's usually where one person loses the campaign. Yes, that is the, the end of the campaign. <laughs> but if you've got like a four-plus person campaign, 
those people aren't knocked out. They become gorillas. Yes. And so they can't win, but they can deny other people victory. <laughs> and like they, 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 they can even still play in like group games. And if they can force the rest of the players to go gorilla, they can still potentially win just by virtue of having gathered up. Uh, or they, they can force the campaign into sudden death where it's one last game where it's all of the guerrilla factions trying to throw down and the winner yes. takes all. <laughs> but it's just the idea of you go, I can't win, but I can make us all lose. <laughs> and then if I work really, really, really hard at it, I might still be able to win. <laughs> yes. As opposed to, oh, well, you're out, bye. Yeah. yeah that is nice that they're, if you're having more than three people participating in a campaign... There's a way to keep playing even after you're beaten, essentially. That's one thing that I noticed is that there's a lot of weapons that are eh in 40k, because I have been following the rules since uh, 6th edition. Mm -hmm. Uh, I haven't been able to play, but I've been following. And part of it is like one of the big changes that they made with the newest edition and how armor penetration and everything works. Mm -hmm. But... There are a lot of weapons that just by virtue of the way Kill Team plays are so much more or less effective than they would be. Yeah. Um, for me, I had that same realization on a smaller scale about the Drukhari Cabalites. Um, pretty much, I think, always worth it to take the Dark Lance on yeah. one of your Cabalites because it can tear up anything that it hits. So you come up on a tank... You can smoke a tank with it. Whereas the shard cannon is just a really good anti-personnel weapon, which is what the entire squad is armed with. They all have shard rifles, so it's just, you know, two or three uh, Cabalites worth of shard rifle with slightly better range. Yeah. But in Kill Team... I think it's a monster. <laughs> Especially when you're uh, using wimpy little elves to fight big tough Death Guard. Yeah, that thing was a monster. <laughs> uh, and think, on I such think... a smaller game area. That's one thing we didn't talk about yet. Is the size. Yeah. The size of the board, well, one, it's an annoyingly specific size board, but you know you can, you can weasel your way around that if you want to use your own terrain. Yeah, and they do address, like, uh, they give you a rough range of sizes yeah. to use because you don't want too big of a game area for such a small scale game where you're going to spend every turn just marching yeah <laughs> but the if you buy the official board it's i think it's 22 by 34 inches or something like that 22 by it, 30 yeah i think it's 22 by 30 which is in minis wargaming terms intimate <laughs> yeah it is it is right up on each other. Yeah, I've only seen, I think, one or two games that have that small of an area, and one of them was just a, a variation format of a different game that's much yeah. bigger. So one criticism I do have of it, though, uh, aside from the limited number of options that some of the, the factions have, is how much terrain you kind of need yeah. for a game. Uh, just because storing terrain can be an annoyance because it takes up a lot of volume. It's not like you know ten little models that you can jam into a 
box that's a few inches by a few inches yeah <laughs> big uh, you know a, a building model that takes up you know a 10 inch by six inch <laughs> footprint yeah it takes up a lot of shelf space and even when you can stack them on top of each other without having too much worry with if you don't glue them down they're not secure yeah so that that is i think one of the bigger flaws that it has is just that it it may not want you to do what uh, several years ago, Games Workshop wanted you to do, which was just buy all the biggest models and spend tons of money on models. But it does want you to have a hefty amount of terrain. Yeah. But that's one of the nice things about the Kill Team starters is that they come with two pieces of terrain. And then they do also have the Kill Zone sets that have... Which are good for their price. Like four or six pieces of terrain in them, I Depending think. On... And a board. Yeah. And so if you get... Uh, team you know kit and whoever you're playing against also has one and you have one kill zone between you you've got enough terrain you've probably got a little more terrain than you need and you can make it pretty crowded so bored at that that's point. nice so i know the uh adeptus munitorum uh kill zone comes with six sets of the storage crates which each have i think six little oil drums uh and then like three or four ammo boxes mm -hmm. and then it also came with the crane and then the two little like tractors hmm. cool so that one came with a lot of terrain yeah i would like to see them sell some boards by themselves yeah that'd be nice all right well um any final comments on Kill Team? We're, we're, we've gone fairly long. <laughs> the biggest complaint, like the only real complaint that I have with the game is the fact that the um, the initiative phase, roll, rolling yeah. that initiative phase at the start of every turn. Now I know why they do it. It's for multiplayer games. Yeah. It's, it's so that when you have four people playing on the same board that there's the possibility of a different person each time. But when you're playing one-on-one, -on -one, it's so annoying. I think even in a multiplayer game, it, I think it might still be better to just pass it around. Just because that makes for a more fair initiative you know, use thing. And so it, it's kind of nice to know, like, okay... I'm getting my guts kicked out because I wasn't able to go first and do some things, maybe. But I will get to. Yeah. <laughs> and it's... Which, that's that's easily enough changed. <laughs> yeah. And I, I know that when we play our 1v1 games, we just take turns being the first one. And I think the only time we would ever do a roll, when it's me and you playing at least, is if we got four people on the board. Yeah, and that, I think that's the only time we would do a turn-by-turn -turn roll, just because it would be. I feel like it would be easier to keep it fair that way. Yeah. Keeping it keeping it random who goes first because, like, say it's hmm. me, you, Dave, John, and you go first, then I go second, then Dave goes third, then John goes fourth. Well, next turn, John's going to go third, and so he's going to have two turns in a row where the majority of the other players get get a chance to kick on him. 
Yeah. There's, there's plenty of interesting modifications, I think, that, uh, you know, one could make. Aren't too hard to make. Whereas, you know, modifying bigger things like 40K... Gets really... That's, that can be a lot harder to do without screwing things up, I think. I could be completely wrong about that, but yeah, it's a thought. <laughs> so, I guess that's it for this episode. Um, not 100% sure what we'll talk about next time. Maybe the other side, maybe something else. I still got to figure out some kind of a little closing line to do every time. That just seems like general good podcasting, but uh, I got nothing. So uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. I don't think I made any weird sounds this time to tack on the end of the episode. <laughs> Not until... <laughs> uh-huh. In observing that you did not... Uh... Uh, stumble into the prophecy, you fulfilled it anyway. Sounds like Greek mythology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.